Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Uh, episode 20 today. And uh, fuck, man, we're keeping this thing rolling, you know? Uh, thanks, first and foremost, to you guys out there that are listening. Um, I know I say it every show, uh, but I mean it every single show. I uh, love you guys, and I appreciate the ongoing support. Uh, if you haven't checked us out on iTunes yet, you can find us there. The link is in the bio um, across uh, the social media pages, so Twitter, Facebook, and then obviously uh, on SoundCloud where we host the show uh, and then distribute out from there. But iTunes uh, gave us a green light, so looking all official and professional on that page. Uh, so like I said, the uh, the link is in the bio. Uh, definitely on Twitter. Uh, I got to check on, on Instagram uh, or on, on Facebook, but I think I put it there as well. Um, and then on, uh, on Instagram, it's not specifically a podcast account. Uh, so it's not the quiet part loud. It's actually my own personal account, which is um, DB Hodgetts. Um, and you're going to see a lot of stuff from the gym there. Um, but in the bio, it gives you, it gives you the information. We obviously, I do the DBH fitness, uh, which is my training, um, company outside of my nine to five and also, uh, the podcast in there as well. So, uh, there might be an old episode link in there. I might have to update with the iTunes, but I will check that after the show and, uh, and get everything up to date and up and running. Um, just got back from a conference uh, and I wanted to jump on and uh, and see if I can't knock out an episode. I might have to press pause uh, because I'm expecting a delivery uh, to come through any time. If I do, you guys won't notice, but, uh, but it is what it is and I might have to shut down. I usually like doing these for you guys that don't know um, or that I haven't spoken to in person, these podcasts are always done unedited. I don't go back and chop them. Um, the only time I retake anything on this is if I don't like the way I've started an episode. So I usually give it about 30 seconds to a minute. And if I don't, if I don't like the conversation or I don't like the flow or the vibe I'm in or whatever, I might just stop, uh, delete that track line and, uh, and start over. But Every episode that you guys listen to, probably from episode, I would say probably three or four, is a one-taker. And that's what this is all about, right? I don't want to be censoring myself. I don't want to be censoring the stuff that you guys hear. I don't want to be making myself seem glossy or overthought or like I'm trying to, trying to per, I guess be perceived in a way that's, I don't even know what the word is. I just like to do it raw, you know? Well, fuck it, we'll do it live. We'll fucking do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Um, I like to I like to just come off the cuff, guys. I, I mean, sometimes I'll write some bullet points down. Like today I've got a couple bullet points just on like, just on subject matters that I think, you know, need talking about or that I want to talk about, that I'm interested in, that I think you guys might find interesting, you know, that kind of thing. But I never come with a script. 
which some of you guys out there are probably like, yeah, no shit. We can fucking tell Daryl. Um, but I don't come with a script. I just like to go off the top because I think that gives hopefully the most accurate and true representation of who I am and what I want to do with this thing. And, and that's just give you something, give you content. That's not, that's not done anywhere else, or at least not done in the same way. Um, as it's done elsewhere. Cause let's be honest guys, the audience is small, right? This is not the Joe Rogan podcast. This is not radio lab. This is not serial. This is not, you know, th these ones with millions and millions of subscribers. We want to get there. But one thing I can tell you right now is the way other than maybe improving the audio quality with like, you know, with a, with a beefed up mic or, adding video or adding guests or maybe incorporating some advertising from time to time. This, this is not going to change though. The way I do the show, the way the show is going to be the, 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 the ethos that represents the show, never going to change. I am not going to, I'm not going to bite my tongue. Um, I'm not going to change my vocabulary. I'm not going to pander to any, uh, well, let's, let's give them an acronym SJWs out there. Um, if you're too sensitive for the content that we put out on this show, see you later. There's a thousand other shows you can be listening to. And what I want is people who want to engage on topics that agree, that disagree with me, um, that have the sense and critical thinking ability to come and, and, uh, and propose debate, uh, you know, give me something to think about. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very open to changing my mind on viewpoints and stances that, that I take on, on certain issues. Some I don't because I'm, you know, I'm pretty concrete in them because I think I'm on the right side of, of history and I think I'm on the right side of the argument. And, you know, some of those positions have to be defended, um, i.e. Uh, the legalization of weed. Right. Like I'm only on one side of that. So anybody that I'm going to debate with is only going to be on the other side of that. And uh I, I like with certain things, I think I've done enough research. I think I've done enough looking into it to know that ultimately this is how I feel. And this is how I'm going to feel. So I, I just wanted to, I just want to make that point clear. Um, because the, the the nature of the show the the vibe of the show is something that i'm very very keen on maintaining uh throughout the lifespan of this so even as i said with you know people who listen to this show if it's a bit offensive or if it's a bit you know cutting close to the bone and that sort of thing then sorry this ain't the place for you and that's going to be my exact message to anybody that comes on board in any cap in any capacity with this show. So that includes advertisers as well. You've got to be on board with the ethos of the show. You've got to be on board with the, I don't want to call it like a mission statement because that sounds really, really fucking wanky. But what I'm, what I'm not prepared to do is compromise my thinking in terms of in terms of its honesty and it's and the fact that it's coming from a very very genuine place 
I'm not saying things for the sake of saying them. And I'm not, I'm not trying to blow smoke up anybody's ass with anything that I'm doing here. So all I want to do is bring you guys uh, interesting content, funny content, uh, maybe heartwarming content, stuff that makes you laugh, cry, you know, all that good shit. So, um, so. <laughs> with that said, I just got back from a conference that was all about advertising and what a fucking load of shit it was. I mean, it was, I mean, I've been there for hours and hours and hours. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely exhausted from it and didn't think I was going to ha actually have the energy to come out and, and, and get a show done today. I was going to put it off till tomorrow, but I was like, well, no, because you know, what's stopping me from doing the same thing tomorrow. If you got a feeling about something, you got to come, come with it get it done, find the energy, muster it up from somewhere and, uh, and get it done. But I'll tell you what, man, I'm fucking, I'm just about done with these industry gatherings because all it is, is a bunch of people who already know each other sitting around jerking each other off. It's so gross. It's so pointless. And it's just, uh, it's basically a big dick swinging contest where you don't actually fucking learn anything and you're not actually given any pieces, crucial pieces of information. I mean, I sat on a board, uh, not a board, I sat in the audience uh, of a panel discussion. Uh, this was this morning and we're late afternoon, uh, early evening now. But uh, it was, and I mean, this, this, is, this is kind of just setting it up and framing it. The talk was called Data and Creative Walk Into a Pub, dot, dot, dot. And what this was meant to be was a debate whether or not, um, whether or not within advertising and within the, within the advertising industry, what is more important, the utilization of data and data points and audience data metrics and insights and things like that, or creative i.e. the type of adverts that you're making, the type of video that you produce to show consumers in the advert, right? What's more important, the consumer or the creative or the data? And I was sitting next to a gentleman um, who works for a huge newspaper in, uh, in the UK, and he actually is like my counterpart, right? He runs uh, a lot of their ad tech sales and things like that. And we looked at each other had never met before, had never spoken to each other before. And we both kind of simultaneously looked at each other and said, well, both. This is before the introductions happened of the people on the panel. And mind you, we had a couple of vice presidents, a couple of directors of creative, a couple of CEOs on the panel, right? So quote unquote, big hitters in their industry, you know, and, uh, it took them an hour back and forth, contradicting each other, contradicting their own points because they separated them into, you know, this is the side that are for data. This is the side that are for creative being more important. Do you know what the final result was after an hour of back and forth, dick swinging, basically promoting their own companies and the campaigns that they get with different brands and how, how successful these, these, these deals are? The end result was they're both important. 
So this is what I mean. We could have saved everybody, the, the 100 people, 200 people in the uh, in the auditorium. We could have saved them all an, all, all an hour of their time and hundreds of pounds that they've paid for their ticket by saying data and creative go hand in hand based on the case, the situation, and the objectives by the client, the publisher, and, 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 uh, and the brand involved. Done deal. Everybody go for lunch. Go to lunch. Fucking case is closed. Go to lunch. You know what I mean? Uh, it just dick swinging bullshit pander, like just peacocking, like who's got the biggest marketing budget to, you know, like Twitch were there, right? And Twitch got purchased by uh, Amazon a few years back for a billion dollars. And if you don't know what Twitch is, it's an online video game um, community where you can watch people play video games, right? And they serve advertising to it and you can make donations to the players and it's a revenue stream for gamers and things like that, which is fucking great. I think, you know, fantastic. Everybody's got to have, you know, everybody's got to have a, a lane they can operate in, which is, which is great. Twitch were sitting there just to have a stand. Don't know what they were doing. They had a video game, fucking Pac-Man. And it was like a multi-thing game. And I get it. Twitch's video games and that, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? What are you doing? And I was trying to get some work done in between sessions. Nowhere to sit. Nowhere to sit. So I tried to do it in the auditorium during uh, one of the uh, panel discussions. No internet in thing. So it's just like, we're at a technology show about advertising and you're not teaching anybody anything. You're just kind of peacocking for the sake of peacocking and you're charging people hundreds and hundreds of pounds per ticket and you can't even facilitate them with more than two places to get coffee or one area in which to sit down. I mean, it was just, it was a fucking joke. And that was day two of four. So my week's not over. And I'm looking forward to the rest of these panel discussions um, as much as I'm looking forward to a cyst growing on my face. It's such a waste of time. And being in the industry for... 10 years, you know, advertising industry for, for 10 years. I just really think that they've reached the height of absurdity now because you're not getting anything out of them. The only people that get anything out of these are newbies to the industry that don't know their head from their asshole or the panel discussion uh, participants who effectively just raise their profile, right? And increase their, uh, increase their value on the next job or on the next speaking engagement or whatever. But I'm telling you, the level of content and the level of insight and the level of information and the solutions that they're presenting or the, the ideas for solutions that they're presenting, they're non-existent. They're absolutely non-existent and it's just, such a massive waste of time, massive waste of effort, and a massive waste of money for all parties. But that's just my opinion. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people would give you, you know, a completely, uh, a, a completely opposite opinion to me. 
but I I would I would I would venture a guess that they've got something to gain out of supporting these industry shows. Me personally, I think advertise advertising should be done on a meritocracy. The scattergun approach creates a race to the bottom in terms of value. And that's ultimately what we've got right now. You know, in no other industry, let me be very, very clear on this. This is this is a metric for success in advertising, okay? So you're a consumer, or sorry, you're a brand, right? So you've got a business and you want to advertise on website X, okay? And you want to spend five grand on advertising, very, very small amount. You may have a number of different KPIs, right? Or key performance indicators, right? The metrics in which you garner that a campaign and a level of spend has been a success or not, right? Those KPIs might be how many people click on your advert and reach your website as a call to action, how many people fill out a survey, how many people watch a video, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? We've all seen fucking adverts on websites. No news there. However, if clicking on the website was a metric for success, do you know what is considered good? Like a good outlook, a good result? A good result, an industry standard result on clicking on an advert on a website would be zero point zero five percent i'm going to say that again just so you can let the absurdity of this industry sink in a little bit more zero point zero five percent is considered good. So just to put that another way, based on 0.05% click-through rate being the industry average for success, that would mean that if you spent 5,000 pounds or $5,000 on advertising on a particular website, do you know how many clicks you can expect to get from that? Two and a half. Two and a half people click on your advert for 5,000 pounds or dollars, whatever your currency is. <clears throat> you please, can you please, <laughs> I'm posing a question. Could you please tell me another industry where that level of success would be acceptable? Because I think if half of 1% register as a click, right? If that's your metric of success, you don't understand what success means. 
Now, I get it, right? Like, let's say, because we're not even talking about conversion rate, and I'm not going to spend this whole episode talking about advertising because there's a whole bunch of other shit that's been going on this week that I want to talk about. But there's a point to be made here because it's the absurdity of the way I make money, <laughs> right? And if, if some people out there end up hearing this, they'll probably be like, well, what the fuck are you doing in this, in this industry? Well, this industry allows you to make a, uh, a very good amount of money, both on your basic salary and in commission form. So it's, it can be quite lucrative if you're, if you're, um, if you're any good at doing this thing. And if you work for the right platform and if you get the right roll of the dice, you can make a fucking shit ton of money. I bought my house off of this industry. So thank you to that. I'm not shitting on it. It's helped me survive in England and since I got here um, and has been doing so for the past 10 years, albeit it's been a roller coaster and a rocky ride in certain uh, parts of that journey. But nevertheless, it has served me well and allowed me to build kind of this life around myself that I enjoy. That said, it's an absurd industry that does not work and anybody that tells you it does is measuring success off of the bottom barrel metrics, right? I would say if you had 5% click through, that would be okay, even. And that's just based off the shit results that we get on a daily basis. 0.07%, 0.9%, almost 1% of everything that was served got clicked on. Amazing, that is phenomenal, right? You get 1.5 or, or 2%, holy shit, you, you, you might as well put yourself up for a fucking award off a 2% success rate. Imagine if you did your job right 2% of the time. Imagine if you were nice to people 2% of the time. Imagine if you were polite to everybody that you spoke to 2% of the time. Imagine if you obeyed road signs while you were driving 2% of the time. Imagine if you were a surgeon and you had a 2% success rate. You would be barred from ever practicing that vocation ever again. It's fucking insane. And people pay hundreds and thousands of dollars to attend these shows to effectively be told, we don't know, wait and see, or we think, you know, and then you've got these crazy eccentrics coming through the show who are like special guest appearances and these futurists. Go stick it up your ass. Go stick it up your ass. You're throwing a dart at a dartboard with a blindfold on. Best best estimates because you don't know you don't know you're going off of something you read off somebody else who said something to you or something you saw in a lab that's it right because now what is everybody talking about vr and ar virtual reality artificial intelligence blockchain right effectively saying we don't fucking know how to do it, so we'll let computers and machines do it because they're way better at it than we will, and they'll be able to learn on the go. Like, we haven't been learning for 50 years on how to do advertising, what sells and what doesn't. No, we're greedy. We pander to um, to the clients that we want to work with the most. We, we have 23-year-olds running um, the planning and the buying schemes in these agencies who... A, don't give a fuck about you unless you're the Daily Mail or a major, major uh, portal, right? That's why you have 
things like the Daily Mail making 50 grand a day where some small publishers, even though they're more appropriate for certain advertising budgets, you know, are struggling to make 50 grand in three months, right? It's not a meritocracy. These, these people aren't analytical. They're not, some of them are. I'm not blanket statementing the industry, but for the most part, you've got people who want to move from outside of London into London and need the easiest way to do that. So they'll get some assistant job or whatever in an ad agency because these meter agencies will fucking hire anybody. Um, and it's basically where people go when all the other shit's fallen through because I don't know anybody. I have never met one person in my life. And again, I'm sure they're out there, but I've never met one person in my life when they're a little kid that says, you know what I want to do? I want to put those adverts on the websites that I see. You know those little flashy ads on the side? I want to do that, mom. How do I learn how to do that, dad? Nobody fucking ever says that. Nobody has the aspiration to grow up and be an account director at an ad agency. Are you fucking kidding? I mean, if you have, good for you. I don't think it's happened. And if it has, very, very, very rare, right? It's what happens. It's the path of least resistance, in my opinion. And the industry suffers because of it. And I try to focus myself on customer service, on response time, on being completely transparent and honest with my clients, with agencies and everybody else. And it works with some of them. It doesn't work with others. And therefore, the industry as a whole, I'm not really interested in. I don't, you know, I don't care for meet and greets. I don't care for networking events because it's all bollocks. And the net gain that I've achieved from my networking is minimal at best. You know, and you could probably get a sense of it, guys. I'm not bashful. I'm not, you know, one of these people that goes to an event, stands in the corner, doesn't talk to anybody. I'll fucking talk to anybody. I don't give a shit who you are. Um, but people don't want to converse. They want to show you how intelligent and how knowledgeable they are, right? They want to be big dick bandits in the fucking industry. And it's not... It's not about collaboration. For the most part, it's not about collaboration. It's about what can you do for me? What have you done for me? And what's this going to benefit me personally in the long run? Is it going to keep my job safe? Because I don't have to think about the plan because this was the plan last year and it worked. So, okay, we'll do that. We're not going to explore any new territory. Or this is a mate of mine more often than not. This is a mate of mine, you know, and, uh, and he's a good fucking guy. So I'll throw him some money. You know, that's happened innumerable amount of times over my course of, uh, over my life in, in media. Um, media is a disgusting industry. It's an unthoughtful, uncreative, boring, very, very bland industry that really doesn't do anything because if it did, the things would... The adverts that they create, the, the the positions that they run, the, the formats that they build, they'd be more successful. What other industry considers success to be 
0.05% of overall. That's the only thing that you need to know. You are pissing money down the toilet and you'd be better off doing fucking flyers, in my opinion. So anyways, I got a few more days of that shit to do. Um, and, uh, you know, you get some good guys in there, you know, a good laugh, but it's like today's Tuesday and the amount of people I saw walking around that place today, like they'd been at Mardi Gras on Monday night because, you know, you can't pass up network event drinks. It's just like, holy shit, man. Like you're like some of these guys are pushing 40 and they're like, yeah, you see buddy fucking, it was so smashed. He was so funny. He was puking in the toilet by seven 30. It's like, come on guys, come on, you know? So anyways, I got a few more days of that shit. And, uh, and, and the, and the good thing is when it's over, it'll be the weekend. So hallelujah for that. Um, geez, I didn't mean to do a half an hour on it. But there you go. That's how we go, right? That's how we go. Stay with me, guys. You got you got to be with me on this, right? You got to stay with me. So, interesting week as we uh, as we tend to find ourselves in on a cycle now. Um, I mean, what hasn't been going on is usually the thing, right? Do you guys see this OJ thing? On TV, the Fox News, um, the Fox News interview. I've seen snippets of it on YouTube, but I mean, all I can say is um, you're murderer and and you're guilty, and you're lucky that laws like double jeopardy are in play because you should be on death row. Uh, because you fucking massacred two people outside the house or outside of her house. And there's no doubt about it in my mind. I mean, I might have, as a youngster, when this was all going on, been like, nah, I don't know if OJ did it. You know, the glove doesn't, you know, you don't know shit about anything when you're a kid, let's be honest. Um, but that motherfucker killed both of them and effectively admitted it in this interview. If you haven't seen it, just YouTube some of it. I mean, it's it's really disturbing. He keeps referring to um, uh, he keeps referring to a guy called Charlie. Uh, Charlie had the knife. Char I, I, I got the knife off Charlie. Uh, who the fuck is Charlie? Because I think you're Charlie Orenthal, uh, James Simpson. I think, I think you schizo. I think you complete psychopath. And I think Charlie was, I think Charlie was a person you've made up or a voice inside your head. Um, but you definitely did it. You definitely, you definitely stabbed slashed almost decapitated that poor girl bludgeoned and murdered and stabbed 
I think, I mean, not to be too horrific or anything, but I think the the um, I think the autopsy on Nicole uh, Nicole Brown Simpson said that she was stabbed in the face four times. Like, Jesus, man, you know. Um, so, you know, and obviously there was that book that they wouldn't let publish. And then uh, I think it was the Goldman's uh, family that got the rights to it. And, you know, there was a whole big thing around that. But, I mean, the uh, the the interview that Fox um, apparently lost and I couldn't throw up bigger air quotes around the word lost than I am right now. Fox said they lost this interview or lost these tapes. And on that, I am calling absolute bullshit. Who, where'd you fucking lose them? And, and, and more important, how the fuck did you find them? So conveniently after all this stuff was over and he's been released. I mean, surely Fox isn't that poorly run where they're like, oh, let's, um, before we, you know, before we brick up this wall here, let's make sure we uh, go through all these dusty boxes uh, labeled um, OJ interviews from the 90s. How the fuck do you lose any of that? So, Just on that point, it's really curious to me that that they've resurfaced these tapes, especially now. Like, like Fox makes money off advertising, right? And here we go back into my industry again. So I wonder, like... There's no point in putting these tapes out while the guy's in prison, right? So maybe they had a plan to put it out when he, um, when kind of, you know, some of the civil stuff calmed down and all of that. But then obviously OJ went to prison for, what, nine years for, um, for what was it, assault and battery um, in a, in a, in a hotel room, I think in Vegas uh, when he was at a sports memorabilia show because he said a bunch of guys had his stolen shit. Um... And they kind of threw the book at him, you know, kind of saying you might have gotten away with the murder, but we're going to fuck you on this one. Um, anyways, he got out of prison, obviously not too long ago. And I just wonder if Fox had plans to release this tape before he went to prison. But from a ratings perspective, it's a it's a great thing that they didn't do that. But there has to be some ownership here in terms of where these things were because I'm not entirely sure of the timing um, as to when the interview was done. I'd have to have a quick look into that, but surely if they would have released these tapes like back in the day when they did them, there could have been some retrial or, you know, you got new information, that sort of thing. So there's a, there's um there's precedent to have a retrial or something like that. Like he can't be, he can't be retried now. I, I don't think, I think the statute of limitations is up, um, which again is convenient for everybody. Um, but it just seems gross that, that they would hold on to these sessions 
and hold on to these tapes for so long because I'm not buying for a minute that they just found them. Again, huge air quotes there, right? I'm not, there's some dusty basement in a Murdoch building where they're like, oh, what, what are all these? We got to, we got to turn this into, uh, you know, in, into a new, uh, into a new gym or a new changing room and showers for our, uh, for our staff. What are all these boxes labeled uh, murder confession by OJ Simpson over here? You know, it's, it just seems really fucking weird. So on that, I'm calling complete bullshit. Um, but if you haven't seen any of the clips, guys, you should check them out because they're truly, truly disturbing. And um, and he's a psychopath for sure because he's also got the nerve to come out and criticize players in the NFL, specifically uh, Colin Kaepernick, for kneeling during the national anthem, saying like it's unpatriotic and there's a whole bunch of other things that you could take issue with, but you don't kneel through... The- you don't kneel through the national anthem. It's like, who the fuck are you to be giving moral advice and, uh, and, 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 uh, lessons on behavior standards to fucking anybody because you're the biggest uncle Tom out there and you're a psycho murderer, right? Because if you don't know the history of OJ Simpson, OJ Simpson, when, um, uh, like I think it was like Jim Brown and Muhammad Ali and they were all fighting for um, like against the war in Vietnam, I believe it was. And they were like, you know, this isn't a black man's war. We don't know those Viet Cong. You know, the whole Muhammad Ali protest thing. Well, they tried to get OJ involved in that, you know, as a as another major uh, black athlete in America. I mean, OJ was the nation's sweetheart when he was playing football, you know, all the way through the Bills and uh, through the Buffalo Bills time and all of that. Like, fucking people loved OJ. He was in, um, he was in uh, Naked Gun and shit like that, you know? Like, he was in these comedy movies where he was beating women up and shit, you know? But he was, he was nation's sweetheart, but he never wanted to, he never saw himself as a black man. He always saw himself as as OJ, right? And OJ uh, transcended race and transcended, you know, any divides or inequality. And and at the end of the day, he just used his position as a sports athlete, as a notable um, sports figure, to to cross those barriers. And once he crossed those barriers, those racial barriers, and those you know those kind of you know those things imposed. Um, by the way society was and it and still is in a lot of ways, he just used his fame, his fortune, his athletic prowess and his, um, you know, his kind of notoriety on the football field to make OJ better how do I say it? in isolation He didn't want to be associated with the black community, except when it was convenient for him. So when Ali and and Jim Brown and these other guys were were looking for support, he was like, nah, nah, not up for it. You know, so this motherfucker's an Uncle Tom. Who the fuck is he to give uh, like moral lessons, like morality lessons to anybody, especially a guy who's actually standing up for something? who's trying to unify, who's trying to draw awareness on an issue. When this motherfucker, you know, was 
picking up young blonde girls in Brentwood who he ends up beating into a pulp. I mean, there's there's audio tapes of the 911 calls. You know, this guy's not a good guy. So for him to be giving morality lessons to Colin Kaepernick is laughable. And also, you're a fucking murderer, so shut the fuck up, huh? So anyways, uh, a couple problems with that. One, OJ should be on death row because he definitely did it. Um, he's a, he's one of the biggest pieces of shit ever. Um, and he is a fucking Uncle Tom. And he is a hypocritic He's a hypocritical cocksucker is effectively what he is. And I hope he dies a really painful, lonely death um, because people like him, we don't need. And he should be in prison on death row anyway. So fuck him. How about that? But also the other issue I've got is with Fox News. And, you know, my, my issues with Fox News are not singular. But in, in respect to the discussion that I'm having with you now, they are because who the fuck lost these tapes? Again, quote unquote, and who the fuck found him in such a convenient manner? I don't buy it. I'm calling bullshit on it. And I'm saying this was systematically hidden until they could capitalize on it for the most sort of um, lucrative ad ratings that they could get and the most ad money that they could get. And I don't know, you know, again, I haven't seen the whole thing, so I don't know who they placed in and around it. But anybody associated with this content, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself, too. Right. You can't advertise next to ISIS beheading videos just because it's going to get 17 million views. Can't do it. You cannot advertise next to Logan Paul because he's going to get 30 million views of seven-year-olds watching him taser a dead rat or walk through a forest where there's somebody that hung himself um, you know, a couple hours before. Can't associate with it. If you do, as a brand, you piece of shit. Okay? So there's that, but I highly, highly recommend, I'm not even saying watch the whole thing because you don't need to and, and God, you don't want to listen to it. It's effectively a confession, but watch one of the two minute clips, man, because it's just disturbing. And when he invokes this character of Charlie, you're just like, oh, oh you're a complete psychopath complete nutbag, right? So anyways, that's the OJ thing. That happened <laughs> this week, right? What else happened this week? Sorry, my shoe fell off. Whoopsie. Um, what else happened? Oh yeah, the last, um, last uh, white male rhino's dead. So good job, humans. Good job on that, you know. Um, we've effectively now just stamp marked the extinction of a species because some of us out there think they're rhino horns that are made of hair help us with our boners. And, you know, I'm not surprised because we've got a Cheeto running the world who, you know, wants to fight with uh, a little... North Korean that looks like Mr. Fucking Potato Head. Um, you know, we've got social justice warriors out there that are, you know, getting a stink over, you know, what pronoun you call them. Um, you got transgender uh, politicians in the UK fighting with feminists. And that's a man to a woman transgender fighting with feminists. 
um, about the right to stand on all female ballot. I mean, are we surprised that the rhino is extinct or, or is going to be extinct? We are shit for the most part as a species. And it's little things. It's not a little thing. It's a huge thing. It's a huge thing, you know, and it's, it's things like this that may seem little to other people that are quite significant and quite telling about the state of play with um, with our society. For for me, anyways, I just think it's it's a it's it's par for the course with humans, man. It's par for the course with us. You know, we just can't seem to do much right on the big scale of things. You know, but you've got Elon Musk over there, and and even that fucking guy. You know, he's looking to cure the energy crisis he's looking to cure the transportation crisis he's looking to you know send uh, send us to uh to another planet to colonize that when we fuck up this one you know but but he's also a narcissistic atypical asshole from you know most of the accounts that i've read about what it's like to work with him or be in a relationship with him and he sells flamethrowers for what purpose i still don't know but he sells flamethrowers. You know, so we've got this, like, you know, we've got great things happening, but then we've got these shit things happening. And I know that the shit always outshines the good because that's the kind of, you know, cycle that we're in as a society. Bleeds it leads and, you know, all that shit. But I just think, like, I just think, what, what a shambles, man. What a shambles. It's just, it's, for me, it's just really just, it's, it's just depressing sometimes, you know, and I like to stay positive, but you look at things like that, like, oh, you know, BBC sent an alert out, the last male rhino, uh, who was named, uh, Sudan, I believe, for sure, let's stop fucking naming animals as well, like Cyril the lion or whatever it was, or Cecil the lion, Hey, humans, you're the only one that knows he's got a name. He's a fucking lion. So anyways, they called this rhino Sudan, and he's dead. And it's just like, yeah, awesome. Of course he is, you know. Um, I must have said, hey, Siri, or something, because the thing just kicked in. Weird. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, and now I've got a huge note where I didn't want one. Suzanne. <laughs> right? So anyways, um, yeah, that rhino's dead. And that's a really fucking, that's re- that's really sucks. You know, not that it's got any, you know, not that it's got any real direct implications on my personal day-to-day life. But, you know, sucks, doesn't it? Because a bunch of Chinese people are in the Chinese culture think that, think that the uh, the horn of a rhino gives you a horn in your pants. I mean, are we that fucking stupid? One of the oldest civilizations, one of the smartest um, cultures in the world. And they think a bunch of fucking knotted up hair will give you a boner. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. But still, there's Viagra. We've moved past cutting rhinos fucking noses off, cutting their horns off, right? To make a soup out of it. Shark fin soup. Sorry, we don't need it. Doesn't taste that good. 
right? I've never had it because wouldn't eat a shark's fucking fin. But for what? For what? Right? I like to invoke Copland and De Niro's character at uh, at, at times like this. Mo Tilden, just one of my favorite characters in movie history ever. He just was so perfect in it. And, you know, he's got a line to, to uh, Sylvester Stallone when... When, still, when Sylvester Stallone actually comes to his senses and wants to take down the the, um, the corrupt cops that live in uh, Garrison, New Jersey. And he says, you know, the case is closed. The case is closed. I gave you the chance to be a real cop and you blew it. You blew it, right? And there's nothing I can do. The case is shut down. What do you want me to do? The mayor's office is closed. They've shut us down. I gave you a chance to be a real cop and you blew it. Classic line in that film. And that film, Copland, is a classic movie. But it invokes that reaction in me when I see things like this. It's like, we gave you, <laughs> we got this planet, it's beautiful, right? It's perfect, it's perfect. Might be the only one of its kind in the whole entire fucking universe. I doubt it, but could be. It's the only one we know about, it's the only one we got. Our alternate is Mars, okay? Can't breathe that air, can't live there, gotta live in a fucking bubble. Not up for it. So it like invokes these these feelings of Motilden in me where I'm like, you had the opportunity to be a good species and you blew it, right? It's the same with Donald Trump. You had the opportunity to be a good president and you blew it. You blew it. It's the same thing with Theresa May running our country over here, right? Second female prime minister in the history of the country. You had the opportunity, you had the chance to be a good leader, and you blew it, right? What'd she come out with? I saw something on uh, on uh, on Sunday Politics where it was like uh, she's reviewing the Gender Recognition Act, and in her words, is taking the medicality out of it, okay? This is online. This is a quote from her mouth. This is not conflation. This is not me making shit up. She said on stage at a conference, it was a pink, pink conference or something like that. She said, we are going to review, we get the name of it, the Gender Recognition Act. We're going to review the Gender Recognition Act to remove medicality from it. So if that doesn't mean anything to you, let me just break it down real quick. That means she's looking to amend the Gender Recognition Act to include any gender a person wants. And if that sounds familiar, go and have a look at Canada because there's a bill and I believe it was called C-105. Um, I'm gonna do a quick Google search on that for you so I get it right. Um, hate speech, uh, Bill Canada. Let's see. It'll give me the number. Um, here you go. Okay. So if the Gender Recognition Act review removes the medicality of the act, what that allows is people to say, I am this now, and you have to call me this because that's how I feel.
Okay. So the bill in Canada that the Senate and Can the Canadian Senate passed was Bill C-16. It was voted on and passed by a 67 to 11 vote. And what the bill adds are prohibitions against discrimination on the basis of gender identity and gender expression to the Canadian Human Rights Act. Amends the criminal code to extend protections against hate speech and allows judges to take into consideration when sentencing whether a crime was motivated by hatred of the victim's gender identity or expression. Okay? This is now law in Canada, which means you can call yourself any of the gender neutral pronouns or the preferred gender pronouns that you like and the gender um, the gender pronouns there's not just like one of them right we're way past uh, we're, we're we're way past him and her now right and I, the reason I'm highlighting this is because she's looking Theresa May is looking to review this in the UK and there's already some of this speech that's creeping into Oxford and Cambridge and some of the other kind of uh, post-secondary institutions around. And uh, and you can see some of it on social media. And it's starting to creep in now. And we have to be very, very aware of it because, again, you're starting to fuck with people's free speech. So gender pronouns. Ready? So. He... Her, she, they, V, Z, Zi, and C, which is X, E. I don't know how you spell that. There is hers, which is H, I, R, S. There's herself, which is H, I, R, S, E, L, F. There are um, them instead of them. Uh there is um, there is zir, which is x y r. There is zem uh, zem self, which is x e m s e l f. There ver vis vis m ear ers per pers per per self. Right. And this shit goes even more absurd. Even more absurd. Right? And I'm just doing a quick Google if you hear the clicking in the background because I want to give you guys the real examples of this. These are non-binary pronouns. Okay? So let's see if I can find you a list. Oh yeah, these are fucking fantastic. The Zim Zir Zur Zur Self. I think I covered those already. Um, and this is a this is an article from the BBC, right? Because uh, there's a there's a card that's being handed out um, in the University of Wisconsin Milwaukee um, LGBT Resource Center. And on the one side of it are all those fucking pronouns I just read to you. And on the flip side of it, there's a how-to guide. There's a how-to guide. 
So just to let you know, in Canada now, if somebody wants to be called Zim, and I'm right, so uh, so you can't say him anymore to this particular person. They want when when you're referring to them, you can't call them. You can't say um, it was me and him. You have to say it was me and Zim. Right? This is serious, and this is law in Canada. And if I don't do that, and that person feels offended, that can be considered hate speech. And I can be prosecuted for that. And that's for real. Okay? This is what Theresa May wants to consider in the UK. Do you not understand how this is going to go down? Like, these pronouns include things like pixie, and I've seen absurd things like worm. Um, you know, there's a glossary of terms right? Transgender. We know what transgender is, right? It's a person whose gender is different than that that they were born with, right? And God, do not say that. Do not actually quote the definition of transgender to a hardcore um, like extremist on the transgender movement or anybody that supports the transgender movement in a in a super alt-left progressive way. Because what they'll say is, no, 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 that person was, so, so say it was a man transitioned into a woman, right? And Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, is a perfect example of this, right? And it's funny because I just watched Ricky Gervais's new stand-up comedy and he actually touches on this, which is hilarious. Um, Once that person is trans, um, once that person has changed their gender from man to a woman, people on the far, far, far left, right? They're the they're the left versions of the fascists who are effectively the same thing, coming at it from a different angle. Those people will say, "No, that person was never a man. They were a woman trapped in a." different body than they were supposed to be born with. There's no past. They were never a man. They were always a woman. Even though transgender, by definition, applies to a person whose gender is different than that, which they were assigned at birth. Right? Then you've got cisgender. Applies to someone whose gender matches their assigned sex at birth. Someone who is not transgender. And these people are, you know, if you're cisgender, this is a, this is a, this is a fucking slur word now. But you don't understand because you're just a cisgender piece of shit, right? And, and people hurl this insult, right, on university campuses in Canada. Who are you to talk about transgender rights, you cisgendered, white, privileged cocksuck? And, and, and I'm quoting people on this, right? So it's hilarious. Cisgender is now a, a, a derogatory term, a derogatory term. Like it's just, I mean, it's it's hilarious to me. And the only reason I'm banging on about this is because um, I saw the video a couple of days ago of Theresa May on stage saying that she's going to look into reviewing this act, um, this this uh, gender recognition act. Okay, and so there's non-binary. That's also in the glossary of terms, which applies to a person who does not identify as male or female. Right. And and if you're if you consider yourself non-binary and I don't want to adhere to that. It's not like my freedom of speech is being infringed upon. It's that your 
perception of gender, biology, and the real world are being infringed upon, and that can be considered a hate speech and a hate crime. Non-binary. I'm non-binary. I don't identify as a male or female. I'm a leaf. You know what? I'm not, I'm not a male or a female. I'm non-binary. I recognize myself more as a chimney than anything else. So I need you to refer to me as chimney now because that's how I feel. Right? Gender queer is another one. Similar to non-binary. But some people regard queer as offensive and others embrace it. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, gender fluid. This is awesome. Gender fluid applies to a person whose gender identity changes over time. So I'm gender fluid because um, tomorrow I want to be a Zim. On Thursday, I'm going to be a woman. And on Friday, when it's time to go out and have some beers, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to a man. But I want you to call me Zim. I'm fucking gender fluid, bro. What do you want? You know, I, it's natural. And this is the problem I have with Theresa May coming out and saying that she's going to review the Gender uh, Recognition Act to include, you know, some of these pronouns and some of these uh, self-identifying uh, genders. I'm sorry. You can't throw science out the window because you feel uncomfortable in your own skin. Now, please don't get this confused with, you know, people who are transgender. I got no problem with if you feel, you know, you're in the wrong body and there's, to be honest with you, I go to the gym every single day apart from Friday and Sunday and I work out first thing in the morning. I'm at the gym at 5 a.m., okay? And I recently switched gyms and there is a guy in there now who two years ago was a girl. I've seen the transition happen. My wife knows them. And now he looks like a really effeminate man, right? Really small, right? He's obviously on testosterone and, and whatever else they put, uh, they put them on when they're transitioning. Um, but he's got a chin strap and shit. I mean, he's completely, you know, he's doing his thing. He's doing his thing and he doesn't bother anybody about it. He doesn't do anything about it, you know, in terms of like, you know, screaming it from the rooftops or anything like that. He's a very quiet person, you know, keeps himself to himself. I got no problem if you feel like you were born into the wrong body. Okay. What I do have a problem with is a couple of things. One, don't tell me how to fucking speak. Two, back to one I'm not gonna speak like that I'm not calling fucking anybody and, and so I'm, I'm mid 30s right if I live to 130 I'm never calling somebody Zim ever okay I'm not gonna call you a fucking pixie either and I'm not gonna call you anything that starts with an X unless your name's fucking Xavier uh, I'll call you an xylophone how about that I'll call you a xylophone okay I'm not calling you an XE in replacing he because you think you're gender fluid. Fuck you. How about that? Okay? If you want to make the change, go ahead and make the change. That's on you. But once you go from being a girl to a boy, you're now a boy. Okay? If you get a dick put on you, you're a dude. 
If you can impregnate a female, you're a man. You're not a pixie, you're not a worm, you're not a chimney, you're not a leaf. Biology is such that is identified by our chromosomes, right? X and Y. It's not debatable, right? This is like evolution. This is not debatable. It's like the earth being flat. This is not debatable. Do you know what would happen if the fucking earth was flat and we had the sun pointing at us? It'd be daytime all the time. You'd have to flip it over like you were flipping a 50 cent piece over on its on its tail side and on its head side to get um to get night and day. Okay? There's certain biological factors that introduce us as male or female. Of course you can have transsexual and have both. For sure, anomalies and rare occasions, you know, happen. But I've also seen people on TV with a serious face on who are professors in universities say that there is no biological difference between a man and a woman. And I can't have that. I can't have that. You can do what you want. Lop your dick off. Push your skin up. Make a pussy. I don't care. I don't care. Cut your dick off. Make a pussy. Stick one on. Become a man. I don't care. But you're on one side of the fence or another because it's the way science works. Okay? So, not calling you, not calling you Zim or Zer. Not doing it ever. Okay? I'm not going to refer to you as a leaf. Okay? I'm not going to be told how to speak. I'm not going to go against science. Okay? Science is in the business of proving itself wrong, and they're working on much bigger problems than the chromosomes and the variability between sexes because there's no debate. It's only crazy minority uh, fringe groups that can even have the balls and have nothing else going on in their life to make these sorts of fucking arguments. Who the fuck has time? Who has time to come up with these gender neutral pronouns? You don't have enough challenge in your life. You probably don't lift anything heavy. You probably don't exercise. And you're probably vegan. How about that? Put you all in a fucking box. It's ridiculous. And the problem is that Theresa May is the leader of our country and she's come out and said that she's going to look at, at, at potentially amending the Gender Recognition Act, taking the, these are her words, taking the medicality out of it. I'm not having that. Can't have that. Right? Everybody's allowed to be absurd. Everybody's allowed an opinion. Okay? But you don't get to replace fact with opinion. You're entitled to your own opinion all day long, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Okay? It's like when uh, Bruce Jenner transitioned into Caitlyn and shaved half, their half his face off and, you know, all of a sudden he's the most courageous woman in the world. Um, you know, athlete of the year, woman of the year, Vanity Fair this, at, um, SB that. And it's like, 
if you were even to speak in hushed tones about the fact that Caitlyn Jenner looks like a fucking horse kicked her in the face. Then you're, you're anti-transgender. You're transphobic. No, 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 no. What I am is curious, right? I'm curious as to how it is that somebody who was an Olympic athlete who was sitting in the courtroom. I mean, these tie in quite nicely, right? Because if you've ever seen that meme of um, of uh, the OJ Simpson verdict, it's like, it shows Caitlyn Jenner, or uh, Caitlyn Jenner, uh, what's the Kardashian, uh, fucking, whatever the Kardashian's mom name, mom's name is. So she's sitting in the courtroom with Bruce Jenner whilst her husband, I don't know if it was X at that point, but while her husband Rob Kardashian was defending OJ who she was supposedly fucking. How's that? How's that for a fucking idol? How's that for a fucking role model that has now spawned this fucking incessant whoring of a whole generation of kids And it says, when you're sitting in court with your new man while your old man is representing your side piece for murder or something like that. It's hilarious. Um, but it makes me wonder, right? After 50, what was he? Was he 66? Was he 63 when he went from Bruce to Caitlin? And I, and I just wonder, like, okay, maybe you've been living with this thing or maybe you're just, you've been living with the Kardashians for too long and you've gone fucking crazy. Um, but it makes me really, really curious as to what makes a 58-year-old or a 60-year-old man go from that, you know, kind of Olympic medalist, sports hero, to, to making this decision you know, right around the age of retirement. It doesn't really make any sense because he didn't just transition, he transitioned and then had extensive cosmetic surgery to make himself appear to be an attractive grandmother. And I'm sorry, but the surgeons, makeup artists, whoever was involved in that transition failed because he's, or I'll say she, Caitlyn Jenner is horrible looking. Not attractive. Not attractive for an unattractive woman. Horrible. Horrible looking. So I'm not going to say that this person, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, is a beautiful transgender person. Right? And I'll tell you why. One, she's not. Go and Google the Vanity Fair cover. I mean... Talk about polishing a turd. All the airbrushing and the Photoshop in the world couldn't fix that train wreck. Okay? Second, it was all but ignored the fact that 
at some point throughout this process, Caitlyn Jenner killed a woman. Wasn't paying attention, was distracted or on her phone or whatever, ran right into the back of some poor lady, pushed her into traffic, and that woman fucking got smoked by a car and died. Oh, we didn't hear anything about that. There were no charges brought up on her because she was the nation's sweetheart. You can't touch this beautiful, brave, strong woman who's finally in the body that she, you know, was supposed to have her entire life. And she wasn't this decathlete, like amazing athlete back in the 70s. She's always been a woman. She just now has realized it. And I just think, um, like, are we even questioning mental health? Are we even questioning the motivations? Because it was only quickly, it was only a very short time after the transition was made that there was a, like, Call Me Caitlin show or some shit like that that got canceled swiftly because nobody gives a fuck and nobody actually wants to watch that train wreck. And actually, what people were not saying, but everybody was probably thinking was, this is super weird and this is super awkward because her family doesn't even want to be around her anymore. Further to that, further to the fact that this is all very, very peculiar of a decision to make at such a late age in life, um, and the fact that she killed another person and didn't get charged and nothing happened around that, also... Also, Caitlyn Jenner is a traditionalist, doesn't believe in gay marriage. I mean, can we have a full house in fucking weird? Can we get a royal flush in absurdity here? So all of this is a roundabout way of saying that we got to be real careful on these slippery slopes that we try to kind of, you know, that we look towards and, and try to navigate down. Um, because before you know it, you're in free fall and things are disappearing. Civil liberties, freedom of speech, different things are just eroding. Because if you would have went online, and I did, because I, I try to speak my mind all the time. I went online and I was like, uh, for one, Bruce Jenner still got a dick. And has been talking about potentially coming back to Bruce rather than going whole hog into Caitlyn. Um, but also murdered somebody or manslaughtered somebody. Um, also doesn't believe in uh, gay marriage. And I don't think they're there. I don't think she's an attractive. She's attractive as a woman anyways. I mean, the shit that was hurled at me online for making, you know, comments like that. It was just like, you're the fucking problem. You're a transphobe. Uh, you know, you're disgusting. Fucking white privilege, chauvinistic male. Like all this shit got hurled at me. Right. Because I had a, a, a difference of opinion than what, you know, follow the leader said I should be thinking and said I should be commenting. I should have said, what a brave, brave woman who's finally realized her true self and what a beauty she is. Fuck you. Fuck you. That face looks like it could be running in the Kentucky Derby and I'm going to say it. 70 years old or fucking 65 years old or however old she is. 
looking like a hot goddamn mess that nobody gives a shit about. Flash in the pan. So, I'm real concerned, right? Because what if Theresa May does amend this act? And then all of a sudden you got a bunch of weirdos running around in the UK. They're like, no, you got to start calling me, um, you got to start calling me pixie dust garbage can now. You know, I want to be called, you know, call, call me um, gingerbread spice latte. You know, like what the fuck? Where does it stop? Where does it stop? We have to grab our normality back. We have to grab our sense of uh, integrity back. And we have to start letting, we have to stop letting these small pockets of, frankly, idiots control the narrative. Five opposition voices do not create a movement and do not speak for the rest of society. Because I'm telling you what, most people, when they looked at that photo on the cover of Vanity Fair of Caitlyn Jenner, uh, Caitlyn Jenner thought exactly what I said. They thought this is a train wreck. They look horrendous. What the fuck is wrong with this person? It was not overwhelming. The media makes it seem that way because that's the fucking media. But I would ask people, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? And not just like my mates, right? Or not just people who I knew would give me a similar reaction to that which I had. But people I thought would give me like a media type response. And even they were like, it's fucking weird. I don't know. Like you think, you think she just went crazy because she was like spending too much time with the Kardashians and shit. And I was like, you know, that was the, that was the word. That was the word that I got. And then you'd get a few people here, there, one, two, three people, you know, coming at you saying you're a fucking chauvinist and blah, 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 blah. But, um, but we got to be real careful, man. And I, I want to just, um, I want to just push back on this a little bit. So let me know what you guys think. I'm, I'm real keen to under, to know what you guys think on that. Uh, do you support the medicality being taken out of the Gender Recognition Act? Or do you think we should leave it as it is and 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 go the scientific route on this? That uh, the biology has already determined the sex variations in uh, in our species. I tend to be on that side, uh, but that's just me. What the fuck do I know? Um, I just think it's really dangerous, and we start to go down these uh, we start to go down these roads, and it's not good, man. It's not good. Um, but. We can resist. That's all right. We can resist. I'm all for change when change is, you know, when change is sensible, when change is, you know, necessary. Not when it goes against science. Science corrects itself. And if they would have, uh, if they would have fucked up on the gender thing, we would have heard about it by now. Right. There's two genders. That's it. Male and female. And if you want to say transsexual, then throw a third in there for shits and giggles. But Zim is not a gender. And not having a gender is not a gender. Okay? Smarten up. Stop being fucking douchebags. Live in reality. If you're born with a cock, you're a man. If you don't feel like that and you get it lopped off, well, guess what? You're a girl. And vice versa. That's it. I'm not going to refer to you as a fucking squirrel. Case closed. Okay? In more serious news, 
In more serious news, there's a serial bomber going in Austin, Texas right now. One of the most liberal places in America, right? Home of Under Armour Connected Fitness on it. Um, on it, um, I don't even know what you call it. On it Studios, on it. Uh, Jim on it corporation, uh, you know, it's a very liberal kind of chilled out spot, beautiful weather, you know, all that good stuff, good festivals, you know, good barbecue, but there's a cereal bomber rolling around and it's at first it was like, well, is this racially motivated? And it still may be, but the only reason I kind of question it is because the last one that this person, uh, whoever this person ends up being, guessing it's a white dude, just off the nature of the crime. If I was to throw a dart at a profile, I would say probably, mm, I would probably say 30, 30 to 40 white male you know, quiet, that type of thing. Um, you know, looking to the background, probably probably some signs there that have been overlooked. Um, but just by the nature of it, I think it's a white dude um, that's been doing this, but we'll see uh, if they catch him. I mean, look how long it took him to catch the fucking Unabomber, right? Um, but all of these things... All these things were leveled at uh, black people. So they were thinking, oh, racially motivated. And then the last one changed in a couple of ways. One, it changed by the nature of the uh, device itself. It was activated by a tripwire that was, I think, led across the street. Um, and the last two victims were white. Now whether or not that is something that has been done purposely to throw off the scent. Maybe, I don't know, you know, this makes it look a bit more random, but then again, the device actually is more sophisticated. So, you know, that randomness and that sophistication leads me to think, well, maybe that's a, maybe that's a false motive kind of thing, you know, get them off the scent a little bit. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that this isn't getting any coverage. It's only been in the last like 24 hours, 36 hours that I've seen anything um, in any of the me major media outlets that have even touched on this. And only today are they starting to call it a serial, a serial bomber. Which is really fucking weird to me. Um, but is it, I mean, it's not, but it kind of is, I guess. Um, it's just, it's very strange that somebody can walk around one of the most liberal cities in the country and you don't hear a word out of it, uh, a word of it by most of the major news outlets until, like I said, about 36 hours, 36 hours ago. But but also, nothing from that broken record, loudmouth prick of a president. I mean, if he thought that this was, you know, racial, or if this was being done by a Muslim, or done by a Mexican, or done by a black person, 
I mean, fuck, he'd be calling for the death penalty, right? I mean, that's what he's doing on, uh, that's what he's doing to these drug dealers. But there hasn't been a peep, for the most part, out of this, out of anybody on this. And I find that quite disturbing. Right? And I just find it really convenient that, that, that the media just focuses on nonsense all the time but, uh, but ignores some of these really 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 important things that we should be talking about like when a guy is walking around a community like austin texas blowing people up it needs to be talked about so how come it's not are we so wrapped up in like i don't know like what's the news cycle today i saw uh, Jeff Bezos walking around with one of those Boston Dynamic uh, robot dogs from fucking Black Mirror. Like, that's news? Okay, maybe if he's buying Boston Dynamics. But there's still people getting blown up in Austin, Texas. So how come that's not on every single news show in the world? Because it's effectively a domestic terrorist. Right? And if even one Islamic symbol would have been anywhere near any of these victims or any of these bomb sites, we'd probably be already over attacking somebody for it. So it's just weird to me how certain things are omitted when so much garbage is constantly rerun in these news cycles. It's like the, um, it's like the Vegas shooting, right? There's this crazy fucking white dude and... If you're not getting where I'm going with this, get me because I think there's a real trend here, right? You got this guy who grabs an arsenal's worth of weapons and checks into a Vegas hotel room and apparently took out multiple uh, reservations on different rooms around, around the Vegas Strip. Blows out a window and then shoots 500 people. Kills 50 of them, right? But I think, what was it? Three, was it three, four, or 500 people that actually got shot at that concert or injured at that concert? And they're like, oh, well, this is really weird. I wonder what could have motivated this guy to do that. There's nothing in his past that suggests anything. And then they dig a little deeper and it's like, oh, actually, his dad was a bank robber. His... Uh, brother had a fucking shit ton of child porn uh, on his computer and this guy was clearly fucking mental even though he like had all this money and shit um, and then nothing nothing and I don't want to be all conspiracy theorists on you guys but I just I just have a hard time thinking that this isn't in this isn't in the conscious of anybody else. This isn't on the thought, like this isn't in the thoughts of anybody else. Like where are the victims, families marching to say, hey, 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 what the fuck happened here? Why did this guy open fire on a concert in Vegas? Kill all these people, worst mass shooting in US history. And yet within a week, the story's dead. Excuse me? You know, barely any footage, 
barely any coverage, barely any information. And it just seemed when they started to dig a little bit deeper and they start to uncover some of these nuggets that could be potentially uh, interesting to the story or uh, valuable to the, to, to the investigation, it's over. We don't hear a fucking word about it. So it just makes it just makes me a bit curious, and I just I don't know where that came from, but it just made me want to vent because this guy is, you know, and again I I maintain my thought process on the profile of this guy that he's probably going to be a thirty to forty year old white dude when they catch him, right? Unless he blows himself up, but um, I just think it's really weird how these things that we should be discussing, that we should be addressing, seem to just float by and then, right? Like Kaiser Soze, right? And then he was gone. Just like that. He was gone, right? It's really fucking weird to me. Um, but, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe there's a reason. <laughs> he says, sheepishly looking into his laptop. Go for an hour and a half, guys. Just going through it. Um, hope you're still with me. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about today <coughs> was <coughs> was Donald Trump doing his best uh, Duarte, um, his best Duarte impression. Right. So if you haven't if you haven't seen this, Trump made a speech. Uh, I don't know who it was to. A committee of some people. And I just want to play it for you. OK, I'm going to start it from the beginning. Listen. Can of all the blue ribbon committees we want. But if we don't get tough on the drug dealers, we're wasting our time. Just remember that. We're wasting our time. Yeah. And that toughness includes the death penalty. You know, it's an amazing thing. Some of these drug dealers will kill thousands of people during their lifetime. Thousands of people and destroy many more lives than that. But they will kill thousands of people during their lifetime. And they'll get caught and they'll get 30 days in jail. Or they'll go away for a year. Or they'll be fined. And yet if you kill one person, you get the death penalty or you go to jail for life. So if we're not going to get tough, on the drug dealers who kill thousands of people and destroy so many people's lives, we are just doing the wrong thing. We have got to get tough. This isn't about nice anymore. This isn't about committees. This isn't about let's get everybody and have dinners and let's have everybody go to a blue ribbon committee and everybody gets a medal for frankly talking and doing nothing. This is about winning a very, very tough problem. And if we don't get very tough, tough problem? on these dealers, it's not going to happen, folks. It's not going to happen. And I want to win this battle. I don't want to leave at the end of seven years and have this problem. 
So that, <clears throat> if you didn't guess by the horrible tone of voice, was Donald Trump speaking to uh, to a, a, a room of individuals. And in the background, you can see that it says um, opioids, the crisis next door. Right. But as you can see from that inflammatory speech, he wants to kill drug dealers. Right. So that's what I mean by <clears throat> him doing his best Duarte um, impression, because the guy who runs the Philippines right now um, effectively want well, effectively has been carrying out um, a uh, a cull on anybody that's associated with narcotics in the country. Right. And you heard the you heard the, the speech for yourself i had it there um on my uh, on my page and so a couple things just to because you gotta you gotta unpack some of this thing right like we've talked about before there's nuance to things right so he's standing there speaking to a, a group of individuals i don't know who the group of individual uh individuals were but he's saying effectively that He's not taking the death penalty off the table when dealing and considering penalties that face drug dealers because we are too lenient or America is too lenient on um, honest drug uh, enforcement laws or the penalties towards people who distribute narcotics or whatever, right? <clears throat> He's speaking to a group about the opioid epidemic. In America, so I just want to ask, and I'm going to pose this as a fucking open statement, open question. Come at me if you want to. Let me hear what your thoughts are. But who are the biggest producers of opioids in America? Right? Give up. Well, let me fucking tell you. Little company called Purdue, right? In fact, a couple of companies. And I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce all of them right, but here we go. Purdue, Insys, Depomed, and Janssen. Now, those are the top four producers of opioid medications in America. So you tell me, Mr. Trump, when you say you're not taking the death penalty off the table when talking about the opioid crisis that is running through America, are you talking about the drug dealers that are the CEOs of the four companies that I just mentioned? Because if you're not, who the fuck are you talking about? Are you talking about the corner boy in Baltimore who's dealing nickel bags? and red top five vials? Or are you talking about the guy in the suburb of, um, of Washington or, you know, white picket, vents, uh, white picket fence Florida or California who serve in uh, MDMA to his friends? Are you talking about those guys? Or are you talking about the actual opioid epidemic? Because if you're talking about the opioid epidemic, the opioid epidemic that's running through the streets in the suburbs of America, I just gave you the four culprits that you need to start your investigation with. And guess what? You know their business address, you know who the fucking CEOs are, and you know where they live. 
So why don't you go and knock on their door and ask them why they're peddling the most dangerous consumed narcotics in American history? Before you start to already identify the actual problem, not as an opioid one, but as a socioeconomic race issue. Because if you're if you're talking about the opioid crisis, you're not talking about the, the corner boys that are dealing nickel bags of, of cess weed or crack or whatever it is, right? We've already gone through the crack and the cocaine um, penalty issue. That was a race issue focused on black people, right? To put them into the system, to give them no chance of rehabilitation on the way out, therefore increasing the recidivism rate and all of this sort of thing, right? So if we're talking about the opioid epidemic, which we are because you were standing in front of a sign that said opioid, uh, opioids, the crisis next door, if you're not talking about the people who are manufacturing and distributing these drugs to the doctors who are then prescribing them en masse to people who probably just need to change their diet and change uh, their exercise routine. If you're not talking about, and I'll say them again, Purdue, Insys, I-N-S-Y-S, Depomed, and Janssen, if you're not talking about those companies in terms of, you know, potentially, you know, instilling uh, or enforcing the death penalty, your words, not mine, you're not taking the death penalty off the table, then surely you go to the head of the beast. Because if you chop the head off the fucking dragon, it doesn't breathe fire anymore, right? So what are we talking about here? Are you just running through saying uh, you want to give blanket uh, consideration for the, the for the drug enforcement agency to start doing raids on um, on weed dealers, for instance, or... You know, you want to hit those guys in the corner blocks and you want to give them uh, mandatory life sentences as you would do with a homicide, um, somebody who's committed a homicide. I, I don't understand because what it sounded like to me in that speech, and again, I want your feedback on this, guys, because it's a super important thing. He just said he's not taking capital punishment off the table for drugs while standing in front of an opioid crisis uh room but didn't mention the four top producers and distributors of opioid medication in the country so to me to me personally it seems like what he was trying to do there was lean towards a socioeconomic and a race issue of penalizing people who are involved in the narcotics trade rather than doing the sensible thing and legalizing things like weed from a federal level don't want to do that you want to make blanket threats like you just did about capital punishment for drug dealers forget what drugs forget who forget how forget the mechanism of fda approval <clears throat> even though these things are killing people in rapid, rampant numbers. You don't want to mention Purdue. You don't want to mention Insys. You don't want to um, mention Depomed. And you don't want to mention Janssen and the CEOs of all of these companies as being the major drug dealers in the country. Or what are we talking about? A war on the Mexican cartels? Is that what we're talking about? That would effectively disappear if you made some of these substances legal? 
What are we talking about? Elaborate on your thoughts, you fucking halfwit. Because to me, what you've just done there is you've signaled for a socioeconomic and a race targeting enforcement unit like your counterpart in the Philippines has. And I want to see reporters question him on this. I want to see reporters drill down on this. I want to see the numbers out about political contributions against those four companies. I want to know, name and shame those CEOs because they're the ones running this thing, right? Let's be fucking real here. Let's get critical with this shit. Because if not, you're going to have a war in the streets for people who are just trying to survive. So what the fuck are we talking about here? Think about it. Think about it. On that note, we're going to pack this up, guys. I'm sure there's some other shit that I wanted to talk about, but um, I'm going to end up right there. Um, I got to go eat dinner. I'm starving. But um, always a pleasure, guys. Thanks for listening again. Um, your support, as always, is... Um, is truly valuable and truly appreciated and uh, and I love you for it and and my continued uh, gratitude and my con- my continued um, thankfulness for anybody out there supporting us um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pack it up but we'll be back again soon keeping it real keeping it you know keeping it raw keeping it um, <laughs> keeping it honest ourselves and everybody else so um, until next time guys all the best